Hey folks, welcome to Dojo Talks. Thanks for uh, catching this this live. This is our, our podcast that we try to record on a weekly basis. And um, today we are uh, talking the training program because recently we had a thousand members in the training program, um, which was honestly uh, kind of a huge milestone for us. Uh, we started it, you know, we ran the beta in, in April and, and in May and then the, we had the official launch just yeah a few months ago and um yeah it goes without saying I don't think we were expecting to get to a thousand uh this quickly but it, it's huge for us and we're all very very happy and so we want to talk a little bit about um number one our expectations versus reality and then number two our kind of dreams and hopes for the program um for the future um I, I was hoping to maybe get to 200 I thought we could definitely get a hundred people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you sounds, sounds like you're maybe I think I was a little more optimistic than that. I think I thought we'd have like a few hundred solid members by this point. That we have like maybe three, four, three, four, five hundred. Uh, I, I if we had like five hundred at this point, I would have said, Wow, we're doing great. <laughs> I like, also didn't think we'd successfully come up with a training program. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how far we've come. I mean, we had that um, we had that episode, I think it was earlier this year, where we were like, can, is it possible to have like a universal training program? Because it's really hard for us to teach everyone one-on-one, -on -one, obviously. So we wanted to give people kind of um, something to have that they could use uh, for their own kind of chess improvement. I think how it's turned out, I mean, has been really excellent. I mean, the, the community kind of goes without saying um but they're awesome like they're able to play training games with each other they're like sparring together working together um we'll talk more about like how I, we kind of want to get more like community training going but um yeah i feel like a lot of people uh, they'll they've sent us messages or they've like tweeted about how uh they don't even care about the program itself it's just having access to the community is already worth it for them to to join the program which for me was definitely um that was really unexpected yeah i was i wasn't, wasn't imagining that but it makes sense you have access to like a group of people that are serious about chess they're at your level you can get like training games with them at any time you can like uh, go through books together go through games together yeah i totally would see how that's like a huge benefit regardless of like the actual structure of the training program and all like all of our recommendations and and stuff like that but anyway um guess that's already getting into the like like the expectations versus reality a bit let me throw it to um to one of you guys you know what what has been what has been the biggest surprise for you about this whole thing um there's been a lot of surprises um and let me just say like the the beauty of it that's been really interesting is like having a vision of something and you have a couple foundational principles. And then what happens then is that on a day-to-day -day level, you're trying to keep those principles in the back of your mind whilst the machine of what we put out there is morphing in all kinds of different ways in terms of like the people who are joining, in terms of what they want, in terms of all the weird tech problems that we have to solve day by day. Actually, I don't solve any of these tech problems. I just witness them, you know, <laughs> but we have these tech problems. They kind of like, whether we solve them or not, shapes 
shapes what the training program is. So like there's a vision, but then there's also this day-to-day -day solving of tech problems that, you know, sometimes we solve problems, sometimes we have to put them off. And there's like a lot of problems that still today, we're, we'll talk about that later, you know, about the vision going forward, but like there's things that we either solved really well or we didn't solve. And that's structures how the thing works. Now, I want to say the biggest expectation versus reality thing is one of the pillars uh, of the program was the idea that people had to play long games and they had to analyze them. And what I knew as a coach and as a player was it is very difficult to go over your games. And this was one of the things I was really worried about because as a coach, I've asked so many of my students to go over their games before they meet with me and really do a good job in the annotations. And for the most part, it didn't happen. And so it seemed like hubris on my part to be, in our part, to be like, okay, we want you guys to do annotations. Well, the interesting thing is, I think, well, first of all, you know, spoiler alert, what actually happens was we're getting amazing annotations from a wide variety of skill levels of players. And so it's like this huge expectations versus reality thing where it's like, oh, this really worked out well. And I think the hidden secret sauce is that when people were doing, when my students prior to the training program for years were doing these annotations, they weren't written for an audience. So they would write it for me, but then they wouldn't really be going into what, um, trying to be articulate about what they were thinking and being clean about their variations. Whereas if you write it with the idea that there's gonna be this public, you don't know who they are, but there's gonna be this public out there who can look at your annotations, then it forces you to be coherent, more coherent with your annotations. And in particular to do it without the computer. And it's been very, I mean, by the way, that's just me reconstructing, trying to reconstruct why and how we got all these great annotations. Um, but I think that's what's going on. And that's the old Botvinnik thing where Botvinnik was like, publish your annotations. Now, back in yeah. the day when I was a kid, you couldn't really, you could publish maybe some of your annotations, but it's not like you were Botvinnik and could put, <laughs> publish your annotations anywhere you wanted. It was kind of hard to publish stuff. Now you can, and people are doing it. And um, anyways, I'll talk different. I'll talk about other things about expectations versus reality, but that was definitely the biggest surprise of how well it worked and it just was like boom there you have like a full completion uh realization of a pillar of the program and i i want to just say one more footnote to that is um my student james altucher right the guy is genius and he's gonna go play a tournament tonight we did a little stream earlier today he has not been religious about putting it into the player database instead he's just kind of doing it for me he's doing these annotations very unclean annotations. So I, I bring it up because I think it speaks to the fact that if you write your annotations as if it's for a wide audience, you don't know who they are, you're trying to communicate, your annotations will be great. And that forces you to be articulate about what you see happening in your own game. Okay, I'll, I'll be quiet. I've talked to him. Yeah, no, that, I want to say that's, um, that's a really great point. And um...
the thing you said about, right, like having others read your annotations, like could be people in your uh, cohort, could be um, one of us just randomly going through games at some point, like you never, right. you never really know. Um, I think that does push people to be a lot, yeah, kind of more reflective with, with what they're actually writing. And there's a similar thing to me for like, you know, if, when you're just kind of preparing openings generally, a lot of players find like they don't really remember what they looked at like a little while later. But mm -hmm. if you're, um, if you prepare an opening, like let's say you have like a sparring match with your friend and you say like, all right, we're going to play like the Sicilian Dragon uh, four games from this position. And then you start preparing for that match. I think a lot of people will find that they're actually their prep starts to make a lot more sense to them and that it's actually a lot more effective because you realize, oh, I'm actually going to have this position. I need to know how to understand this position. And then you actually I think you remember a lot more and then you play the match and, and the whole thing, I think, ends up being much more effective than just kind of um, spending a few hours in chess space looking at random uh, ideas. I think it's a similar thing there. It's like when you have like a concrete, like someone is going to look at your notes and then, you know, you have to make sure it makes sense to them. Uh, yeah, I think that is kind of a, a huge deal. I'm with you. I didn't think people would really gravitate towards um, annotating their games that much because it can be, I mean, it's a difficult process, especially, you know, we're asking them not to use the engine and just kind of write blindly about, about their game, which is uh, not easy to do. Um, but you can tell a lot of people are doing it because they have, very clear mistakes in their analysis. <laughs> so it's like, right, right, right. yeah, so this is genuine, which is which is good to see. Mm -hmm. um, how about you, Dave? What was your kind of biggest expectation versus reality about the program? I just remembered it to do for the training program. So let me just write that down real quick. Oh, oh, oh. okay, good. <laughs> All right, this one, I thought of it. And then we had like that little meeting about like, what are some things that we should add to the training program? And I completely blanked on it. And a week later, it finally came back to me Whew, and I caught it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when your brain is a sieve, you know, you gotta, you gotta be quick at catching things. Okay. Um, so for me, there've been a tremendous number of surprises, actually. Um, as you can tell, I kind of did not have a have very accurate expectations in a lot of ways on um, I've been surprised at how many people are in the program. Um, uh, and another surprise I've had is just how many dangling technical issues there are. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the struggles with, uh, like there were a lot of struggles with people like, where do I go next? How do I find this? How do I keep track of what I've done or haven't done? You know, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, how do I find a partner? How do I use the discord? Uh, you know, where do I find, let's say the books or the positions that the level below me did just so I can make sure that, that I didn't miss anything. Cause I'm not confident in which group I put myself in all that kind of stuff is like, Oh my gosh, what, uh, what, uh, what a struggle it is mm -hmm. to keep track of everything. And that surprised me in a mildly frustrating way that that was so tough um and we've got like 10 people helping us now and i didn't realize that there would be that kind of uh need or or struggle um so that was that's sort of like a big like unfortunate annoyance kind of surprise there um 
and uh, what else? Um, well, you're saying, sorry, you're saying you weren't expecting the program to really take off. So that means you didn't think people would go for like the whole training plan or. I thought that it's a big commitment in time and money. Um, and so I thought a lot of people would sort of hesitate, like that sounds cool, but I can't commit right now. You know, kind of the same thing where someone may have, may end up playing three hours of blitz, but they couldn't commit to playing a 90 minute game. Right. So they mm -hmm. started one blitz game and then the second and the third, you know, I just, I thought it was a lot to ask, especially because the training program kind of like we're directing people towards committing for a year, right? I mean, yeah, you can get a one month taste and you can hang out in the dojo. And honestly, just by hanging out in the dojo on Twitch, you can figure out 90 plus percent of what's in the training program, right? And, uh, but, but I, but, you know, we were heavily saying like, you should work hard. There's not going to be a trick to get around it. You should expect to put in a year, not one month or two months. You guys remember how many times people come into our chat. This has happened a lot less lately, but people would come into our chat and they'd be like, I'm 1100 and I want to get to 2000 in the next like two months. Like, how do I do it? Oh yeah. It still happens you all know? the time. Yeah. yeah all like, the time. well, that's really like the project of two and a half years, my friend, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like two and a half dedicated years. And I hope you don't have, you know, kids or a job or whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, I thought it just asks a lot of people and I, and I didn't think that, um, people would be so, uh, that, that so many people would be, would be gung ho on taking that leap and, uh, you know, giving us their, their trust in a way. Right. Um, I think we're very trustworthy people, but it's still, when you're offering something like this and this kind of commitment, it's a lot of trust. Did you two read, um, the interview that, um, Gregorian did with Vishnu, Gukesh's coach? Uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, well, he said that one of Gukesh's secret sauces is absolute trust in his coach. And even mm. after he surpassed him in rating, he's just like, he's just got that trust to just, uh, you know, work with him and follow him and, and take the advice. And for someone to say, like, I'm going to give up, uh, you know, computer checking my games, or I'm going to give up playing 20 hours of bullet, or I'm going to. Mm -hmm. annotate like 50 games even though the thought of annotating a game makes me mildly queasy a single one right for people to do that it's uh it's a great trust that they're placing in us yeah absolutely i think that brings uh, to the other two things i wanted to talk about with expectations and reality is really we have three principles uh at least that i perceived as the beginning of the training program one we already talked about analyzing your games Number two was the principle of plus minus equal that we could talk about expectations and reality with that. But then the other one was the structure. And one of the amazing things that uh, hasn't been as full blown of a success as the analyzing your games thing has been. But, you know, the whole idea was that we have, especially in the pandemic era, people, improvers going to thousands of different places to get chess inform chess improvement information reddit youtube you know the whole thing various youtube channels all over the place and so the idea was not that those places had bad information but if you spray yourself all over the place you're never gonna 
uh, sit down and have a coherent plan. So part of the idea of the trust was just like saying, okay, this is whether or not it's the best structure ever of a training plan. It is a structure that's at least reasonable. And that you, once you commit to it, then all of those other weird questions go away and you can finally concentrate on actually doing the work. And the reason I say that's not an unqualified success is that I think in the training program, I would say, maybe you guys can have your own intuitions on this, but I would say only about 50% are really fully committed all in, in terms of trusting the program. Maybe 25% are a little bit on the fence and another 25% are actually doing this thing uh, that I was trying to avoid where they're just like actually still going to a variety of different information sources and making their life honestly just harder. <laughs> and it's again, like a lot of times people are in the discord or something, they're like, what about this or what about that? And um, again, it's not that I'm saying that we have the best training program or there aren't other better ideas out, out there. But when you're doing that to yourself, going into a thousand different places, then you lose your own focus about what you're doing in the program. So I think in terms of that pillar of the structure, that it's been for the most part a success, um, but it's still not, in a way, it's like maybe we still have a job of selling the program. So that is like, it's been a good, give us a B or something in that regard of that pillar, uh, making that work. Yeah, you I would say another... like selling the, the process, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. go so, ahead, David. Another little fun surprise with the uh, training program was just how pumped Jesse got on it. I love <laughs> seeing that, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. And, you know, for us to be training as well and following the our own program mm -hmm. that we've laid out for ourselves, Right. Which, by the way, is not like a weird thing for anybody wondering, like anybody who's a master has probably laid out multiple training programs for themselves over the course of their life to get there, you know, so it's not like a weird thing to be doing your own training or anything like that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Jesse just got so pumped. I mean, every day he's, he's sending Kostya and me messages saying like, Hey, let's meet. I got these hours free. Let's talk about the program. Let's talk about the program, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Check some boxes, you know? And that's <laughs> that's been awesome. That's been awesome just to see that, you know, joy and excitement from Jesse. Um, okay, yeah. wait. I wanted to bring up a couple of things. Number one, on mm. on Gukesh, um, was it – did they mention anything about Gukesh not using the engine? Because I thought that was one of his – that was one oh, of his they things. they and yeah, guess yeah. what rating they said you could maybe touch the engine. Uh, well, uh, it's in a video, high, right? Yeah, yeah. Twenty two hundred feet, exactly the same number. Oh, they said twenty two hundred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Gukesh was like not using the engine like well into his. Yeah, yeah. He 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 basically very very rarely, almost not at all. But their their recommendation for others was like until you're twenty two hundred, like really do not touch it, and then like. Yeah, maybe sometimes, but like it's not really good for you. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, um, they confirmed that. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I wanted to jump in on was it like, was another uh, example of trust, though, Costia, right? Because like, it, yeah, he was like, I've got this idea, and he wasn't yet sure about it. He was like, I've got this idea, Gukesh, and Gukesh was like, you know, maybe twenty two, twenty three hundred when he started under his tutelage. I've got this idea you know, you know, to, to do this. And I, I don't yet have the data. It's like, you're the experiment. Mm. And Gukesh like gave him his trust and did the experiment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, it worked out. It worked out great. Uh, and I think, yeah, there is that thing about kind of trusting the coach, trusting the program, just having like something that you have a structure, I think is so important. Like if I sign up for a four week free yoga class, I'll maybe 50, 50 that I'll see the second class of that series. It's like 50, 50, uh, I'll do the first yeah. one, but the second one, not sure. But if I sign up for like a four week yoga class and then I pay like five bucks a class, that I'll probably do all four, right? Like unless I, I, I get sick or something. So um, I do think having like that structure is very valuable whenever you're trying to kind of improve on, on something. Um, yeah. And yeah, I wanted to say like there, there definitely has been a lot of tech issues. Um, and I think, well, part of the issue is definitely, you know, people sign up for the program and then they join the Discord and then that's their first time using Discord period. So it's like, it's not just they're learning like our program and all, but they also have to learn like this whole new app, which granted does have a very serious, uh, learning curve. Like, I think I was on discord for like one or two years before I even started using it. <laughs> you know, like I just had the app, I joined some servers and I basically never touched it. And then two years later, I was like, Oh, this is kind of a cool app. <laughs> let's, let's see if I can figure out like, like how this works. So, um, but the, the great thing is that, I mean, I think the uh, community has really taken on a lot of the tech support themselves, which uh, I'm very grateful for. Like when someone joins and they have an issue, they can't figure something out or they can't find anything. There's usually some, uh, there's usually someone or lots of people that are very, very active to just like respond to questions quickly, point people in the right direction, um, which yeah, is very hard for us to do like 24 seven. And with like a thousand people, you know, it becomes um, quite chaotic, but it's, it's very nice that, yeah, the, Actually, that, that's been definitely one of the big surprises for me, I thought, because we have these requirements that like we ask people to look at the games of lower rated players. And I thought that might be something where people are like not going to want to do that. Right. Because <laughs> it's like they don't it's like they might see it like transactional, like what am I getting out of it? Um, but no, I think that people have been very, very helpful. And I see people offering to help out and look at games all the time, which, which is uh, fantastic. And then I think the people that are a little bit more gifted tech wise they seem to be willing to help the less fortunate as well, which I'm very, I'm very grateful um, yeah. for that. And sometimes like the lower rated folks in the program that are like the higher rated tech wise, which mm -hmm. is kind of, uh, kind of funny. Um, That's lovely. Okay. So hopes for the future. Let me add one final yeah. note. I thought the other thing that important to just kind of reflect on with expectations and reality was the other pillar was this thing that I got from my student, James Altucher, who got it from a mixed martial arts expert. And the idea was that to learn anything, you needed this idea of a plus minus equal. So someone above you to whom you see trust, then uh, a group for sparring, and then a uh, somebody to whom you teach. And I think that that's one of the more complicated aspects of the dojo because um, not only do you have to believe in that principle but you also have to engage with people socially and that engaging socially is first first of all a social problem and then also a problem of learning say the the tech of discord and stuff like that not everybody is into it and can figure it out and so i think um in terms of expectations versus reality, the 
biggest problem that I've seen so far in terms of uh, expectations of reality is the difficulty in arranging sparring between people within the cohort. Um, that's been the, the biggest thing where I feel like with whether it's rook end game progression, end game sparring, opening sparring, uh, getting people together to do group study. But that's been, I think, the biggest problem. And you look at on our scoreboard, you know, you look at, say, people doing puzzle rush, almost everyone's done that. Very few people have done the rook end game progression or the end game stuff, the middle game sparring as well. So I think that's been an interesting, I would call it both social slash tech problem that we'll talk about, you know, I guess it might maybe a nice segue to our visions for the future. But I would say in terms of expectations, reality on the fundamental pillars, uh, that was, um, you know, a big it's, it's, yeah, a big thing where, you know, we, let's say mixed results on the um, fulfillment of, of that principle. And maybe actually one more thing, Kosi, because I want to give you credit for this, is that you were the one, my friend, we we're talking about Discord, you were the one who had the vision for Discord. And despite all its, you know, problems, and I'm a boomer GM, it's hard for me to learn too. Um, but be, despite all its problems, it was like you creating that original Discord was the thing that ultimately gave us the ability to have like the platform in the community to create the more specialized community of the training program right, right. so that was like phew, huge vision without that we would never even be close to a thousand members forget about it right so i think that's a key thing too when we think about expectations of reality that that was a key part of like the sauce that went into making the training program yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think um, just like the, the community aspect of it has been the biggest thing um, yeah. above all else. And and yeah, actually, the interestingly enough, that was just kind of the original idea for the Discord is just to have a place where if someone is whatever rating and doesn't have a training partner, they can just go to this special Discord and then just type in what their rating is and then others would, would see them and, and they'd be much more likely um, to... Uh, to find someone and yeah i i would say um right one negative thing um is that i do wish that we would have seen more sparring maybe it is going on just behind the scenes like you know two people they message each other directly they play some games and like we don't really ever hear about it um but yeah we don't really see it reflected on the scoreboard it doesn't feel like people are, are checking it off um for the most part which is a bit of a shame because I feel like sparring is definitely one of the best forms of training. I would say it's maybe the second most important thing after like analyzing your own games or like playing games and analyzing them. I would, I would then say like after that, like, like sparring is, uh, yeah, just an incredible way to work on your chest. Like it doesn't affect your rating. You get real experience. You get to play out positions that are similar to positions you might see in your games. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just like so, so, so many benefits. For so me, I do wish for me, Kostya, more. If the, for me, Kostya, if the people correctly incorporate like talking with each other every couple games while sparring, mm -hmm. um, then I mean, it's it's almost like co-equal, like the 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 most useful thing in the whole program to me. Yeah, it's no, so I mean, good. like if you can absolutely. get into a thing where you're exchanging ideas with others, oh man. Yeah, yeah, and um, actually, we were just talking about um oh yeah actually yesterday sorry we we were talking about i think uh, privately off stream about how um 
or I was making the point that our our program is not like this like new like new insane way of learning chess. It's actually just stuff that like we've done throughout our years that we think like works because um, we've all had you know training partners for, for many many years and done tons of sparring and so it's like yeah we're just trying to incorporate the things that it's like has worked for us into like a more universal program than anyone um, could follow. So yeah, um, so that's definitely I think something that we definitely have to improve in the future. We did, um, we did start, like we, we started doing these like sparring arenas on the weekends, but they've definitely had their, their own serious, uh, tech problems. Um, and so it definitely feel like, yeah, that should be kind of one of our, our goals for the future to kind of, um, get more, get more sparring going. Cause I think that's I just, just very, up, very helpful. I just looked up one thing for sparring. Because I was curious, like, are people because in those sparring arenas, we've got people playing, right? Lots of games. Some people are are, are playing for hours in there, right? Mm-hmm. So I just went and looked up one person who I've seen in the sparring arenas, Evan Rosenberg. And I saw that in the scoreboard, he's got no sparrings marked off, checked off, right? Yeah, that bum. But for sure, the guy's done it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. It's one data point, but I think there may be like reporting issue because I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. participating. I don't think that the sparring is like a hidden secret thing. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. It's possibly people are just aren't uh, aren't reporting it. Um, in any case, I mean, I think, yeah, we we believe like it should be one of the biggest things that people are checking off. And it is also one of the simpler things like i mean take it takes months to go through a whole book but to like spar some positions that's like just uh, you know a couple of days essentially um yeah each one you can knock off in a day yeah yeah, yeah. so uh yeah so we started the sparring arenas now we have these new like classrooms in the discord um which i'm very excited about because we've got like dedicated members of the community that are going to be kind of like not badgering folks but like <laughs> encouraging folks to like do more training together do more sparring together um, which I'm hoping is going to um, to to help out. For sure, yeah. No, I'm very helpful, hopeful, especially that those groups can encourage the sparring uh, and in a way too where maybe there'll be some discussion of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. So... Okay, yeah, so that's definitely one of my kind of hopes for the near future. I mean, we're working on a ton of stuff. I've been working on my King's Indian course for for months now, and Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't released an update in a little while, but uh, I promise folks I'm actually just, like, adding material to the course, uh, like, every day pretty much. Um, But, yeah, I'm hoping to get the King's Indian repertoire out there so people can have, like, a full full opening to play against d4 c4 knight f3 um but yeah it would also be great to essentially set up more um sparring and um yeah actually we you know we have some tournaments like for classical chess um that's definitely been one of the say biggest points of contention is like the the classical chess the time controls um required time controls definitely that's something that we'll be kind of reflecting on because we're thinking about not redesigning the program but just kind of like improving it um in in the next few weeks um so we're thinking about possible 
shifts and adjustments. And um, actually, we made a feedback form for anyone in the program. We we announced the feedback form in the Discord yep. that you can find, and you can you can let us know specifically if you have ideas about how you think uh, the program uh, could mm -hmm. or or should change. Okay, I'll go send a thing saying that I don't want to do maiden twos in my rating band. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and yeah, put, exactly the right spot. I'm gonna put the feedback thing in the uh, in the chat here. Oh, there we go. Um, so yeah, it's chessdojo.shop slash feedback for anyone listening. But I think you do have to be uh, logged in to to access that. Nice. Um, so uh, yeah, actually I was saying, so yeah, it'd be, uh, we have a couple tournaments right now. We have like the Dojo Classical, which is like this open uh, Swiss um, that's it's open to pretty much anyone for, for classical games. Then we have like the Dojo Liga, which is um, our, our team league that also has like weekly classical games. Um, it'd be nice if we had um, a better way to, or like, not a better way, but another way like uh, to get people to be able to schedule games with each other because people have issues with uh, time zone and finding time for like a three, four hour game um, and then finding someone, you know, at their level and, and, and then finding a time. So yeah, it'd be great if we could like somehow just totally streamline that process because um, some people, you know, it, it's like everyone wants something a little bit different. Some people, they uh, want to play games as part of a tournament, which I think makes a lot of sense because you have like some stakes and, and some intrigue and you know, you're trying to get first. Um, some folks just want to play training games without any anything attached to it, just like one-on-one, -on -one, and that's fine as well. Um, some folks really like the team aspect, you know, which is fun. Like, you get to play for a team and, and track standings and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it'd be great if we had just, like, a very simple universal, like, someone walks in. They're like, I want to play a training game this weekend or tonight. You know, they click a button or two, and then they they see who else is, like, available, and then we make that really really simple for them but um yeah that's definitely uh a dream but something that i think could be really really great for uh for the program yeah um and actually um Bellamris makes a good point in, in the twitch chat i just saw how it's like yeah we don't necessarily want people only playing against each other in the program because then everyone will be just kind of fighting for the same the same rating points um, that's what happens actually to some certain communities in, in, in the chess scene, even the OTV chess scene, right? Where they like, you just have a small community, they're all pr playing each other and then no one's really gaining. So yeah, we do want folks playing against people outside the dojo and then crushing them and taking their points to, to bring into the dojo. So that that is another thing that we, yeah. So we can't just have everyone just playing each other all the time. <laughs> you need to occasionally go out and bring us back some, some signs from other dojos. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I I've I have more, but I, I think maybe I should let one of you guys go in terms of your your hopes for the future. Yeah. Um. What I'd like to do is make some videos explaining the games that people are supposed to memorize at each level. You know how there's like one game to memorize mm -hmm. at each level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier to memorize a game you really understand. Uh. Well, and uh, I like making videos. So I think that would just be like a nice little upgrade that I'm looking forward to doing. And that's typical of the kind of upgrades I have in mind. I just want to go like here and there and just add in an extra video, an extra little touch of this or that, you know, some extra personalizations, a couple more uh, interpersonal tasks that, you know, you have to check off, you know, 
you guys know why like, I put in a few of these tasks that are designed to force people to talk to other people, right? Like you need to find somebody else and explain to them how to stop scholars mate or something like that, right? Would be like one for maybe the 400 to 600 band, right? So they have, even though they're, you know, fairly low in the ratings, they still need to find like a minus and start, you know, learning how to like teach somebody something or, or share something with somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so I've got some more ideas of some more of those tasks to put in there and sort of like, hopefully by giving people a box to check, push people to start some of these conversations with others in their cohort, you know, tell somebody what your favorite opening is and why, you know, see if you can convince somebody who hates the King's Gambit to try it, whatever it might be, you know, little things to just like push people together. And then just some little videos here and there for, you know, for fun on some, on some things I like just to add a little bit more of, uh, of, you know, my own, sense a touch along the way for people who are who are doing the program that you know that we just pop up a little more often with a little like hey how's it going with the program like did you know this you know or here's a little thing on this uh on these games that i think might be cool for you cool how about you jesse okay i'm gonna say there's four big picture things that i'm looking for in the future um I'm going to try to go through them kind of quickly, but they're simple. So one, at the very beginning, we have a tech problem that's persisted to this day, which is we never really had a scheduling app. Um, and we've had various attempts at it. And we need that thing because it would really help people to organize their sparring. So that's a big thing that's haunted us from the beginning. And I think that's huge. It's a technical problem. Uh, okay, that's number one. Number two the program itself, I think, is important to see is very malleable and capable of improvement. And of course, we always have to be thinking about how to improve the thing. But big picture, I think one of the beautiful things that we have in terms of molding the program is we have data. We have a thousand people checking boxes on a scoreboard. Not everybody's checking the boxes as we've seen, but for the most part, we do have some very diligent people. So we're gathering data about like, well, what works and what doesn't. And in addition, of course, to the data of the boxes, we have people giving us feedback. So I'm hopeful that we can become more scientific, let's say, or more informed about how we do the program. And it's great. I really believe this in all areas of life. It's great to have some kind of data point that checks your assumptions. So, for example, I have me and we, all three of us have assumptions about what it takes for chess improvement. But it's great to have some data to be like, oh, maybe this works better than something else. And then you can use that data to check your own self. Chess, of course, being the greatest check. Either you can't, you know, you can't cheat yourself in chess in the way you can cheat yourself in other areas of life by believing that you're better than you are. Okay, number three is I think the, you know, we're a small fish in this big pond with Chesscom and Chessable. And I think once that landscape figures itself out, our life will be a lot clearer. It'll be easier to do things within the dojo. For example, I think it'd be a good thing if Chessable figures itself out, we get some kind of arrangement with Chessable where especially players, let's say, above 1600 1700 can start uh doing move training for their openings on chessable great or other 
parts of our program that we can use Chessable, we can use that software. Another thing that'll be figured out is like, well, maybe I can stream Chessable on our, uh, on our Twitch without Chesscom being upset. Or maybe we can do like some Chessable classroom stuff uh, on our stream, right? Um, maybe we can do some of these masterclass things on Chessable. And so the, the, and the main thing there is I feel like uh, there's a whole audience of people that don't even know, know about us yet, right? And they're on Chessable and other places out there, and it would be great for us to have that kind of outreach. Okay, number four, uh, we've been working on this a little bit, but we still haven't made a full push, is we have a 1,000 players, and that's great. But if you look at the cohorts above 2,100, you just like they drop off a cliff. We have barely anybody in there. And I want people in there for the full spectrum. A lot of times too, you people are over 2,100, they're teaching professionally, let's say. And I wanna bring them in and like, I don't have time to do a lot of teaching anymore. And they should come in and they should be teaching the people who are willing to pay money for a teacher, for example. That's fine for me, I think that's great. Um, but just to have that full spectrum of different uh, player levels in the dojo, I think that's my number four in terms of dreams for the future all right that yeah. was a lot anyways that was my fourth things that for dreams of the future right so, and sure i know you were limiting yourself one. jesse's full of dreams <laughs> yeah. yeah that last one especially i was going to be my next thing it's like we're definitely trying to get more high rated players in we have a handful of, of like uh, experts like uh yeah, players rated like 2000 21 2200 but yeah. um yeah we're definitely we're, we're sending out invites we're trying to get more in because I, I think it would be great to have some stronger players um in the dojo um uh, working together and uh we're always looking for more more sparring partners what well, i mean we that, that's something that we um find very useful so um yeah that's definitely definitely a big a big hope uh for the future is to get more um more players in uh okay i want to add a few things actually so <laughs> um Okay, yeah, number one, uh, going back to something we were discussing a little bit earlier, yeah, it'd be great if, yeah, we had more kind of like organized um, matches or skir skirmishes with other schools or communities, mm -hmm. like where we have people kind of like representing the dojo and we can like, you know, prep them and and, and help them uh, train. I, I don't mean prep like opening prep. I mean, maybe if they're, they're strong enough, but more just kind of like get them ready for, for battle and, and work with them and... Um, <laughs> Because, yeah, I think there's, like, nothing nothing quite as motivating as, like, having to play an actual game <laughs> of chess, like, in the near future that you know you're going to have to uh, to play. Maybe as part of a team, you know, or some competition. It's very, very motivating. I think very, very um, helpful. Um, yeah, it also would be cool to have more, more stats in the program about kind of, like, what uh, drives... Um, improvement uh compared to other things like whether it's uh, classical games annotating them whether it's sparring whether it's just doing lots of tactics like what is actually getting people to improve um i do worry that it's it's still going to be very very hard to track that because it's like you know you can give two two players the same game to go through and one of those players might get a lot more out of going through that game just because of their process because like they already know how to go through games and the other player maybe doesn't have such a um great technique for it and so like the first player might get a ton more out of doing the 
exact same work, right? So it's like they crossed off the same box, but one player gained and then the other player didn't. So I just I just want to say you're absolutely right, Kostya. Like different people are going to improve different amounts from different aspects. There are different kinds of learners. There are people who are going to learn more from teaching someone else. Like the minus is like a cool idea. There are some people who get a lot from it and others who don't get as much from it, right? And um, you know, studying games or playing games or doing the sparring, it's going to be different for everybody. So I, I don't think we've got any things in the program that we're going to be like, oh, this doesn't lead to much gain. Let's ax it. I really think everything we have in there is good for somebody. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and also like, um, the thing is, oh, people sometimes get kind of hung up on the program which I wasn't like, wasn't really expecting. And I think we need to do a better job of kind of explaining that there's many different ways of improving your chess. And a lot of times it's just about the intensity of the training, right? So you could literally do like everything out there, but if you're not focused while you're training, if you're not really engaging, if you're not, you know, analyzing actively, outside of like tournament game like during the tournament game you're like you're focused you're intense but then outside of all that you're like you're, you're just always kind of taking it easy you're never really working hard then it's it's very easy to uh to stagnate um whereas you could just be doing like random books random puzzles but always super focused analyzing random games but always just like high intensity and then i think you would get a lot more out of that even without following a structured program so i feel like we do have to kind of communicate a little bit more just it's more about like how you're doing the work versus uh the actual work uh, itself um another thing is like with books like we have uh, books for every single rating band and i think sometimes people get hung up on like okay they're 800 or they're a thousand should they be reading the book in their band or like maybe they want to read the previous book or the book in front and a lot of times i think in many cases like yeah it doesn't really matter which book they start with which book they read second it's just like as long as they just do the work and really engage with it then that's what's going to drive improvement in the long run. So I feel like somehow we have to maybe better communicate like the actual uh, process of improvement. I think we've done that to some extent, like we have several guides um, throughout the program, but I think we can, we can definitely do more. And people often have questions about how to do the work, like how to actually, um, uh, like how to specifically go through games, how to approach puzzles, you know, how much they should be trying to visualize ahead of time you know, whether they should be going through like the, the variations in a book, you know, playing them out uh, over a board. Actually, I think we have a lot of those questions answered, but yeah, more of that stuff I think could be very helpful. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. Oops, sorry. <laughs> there we go. I'm just catching up on the, on the chat here. Um, Yeah, I want to just maybe say in in you know before we finish is David was talking about how I was passionate about the program. I it's been a very enjoyable experience to be part of something that's growing and every day there's new challenges and people are responding to it well um you know for the most part. And they, yeah, for me personally it's just been a beautiful ride that I'm kind of just looking forward to to being on. Thankful to have it to be part of the journey. Yeah. I mean, I can feel how it works on me also by participating in it. Like I'm motivated to check off boxes. Then when I check off boxes, I'm like raring to go to a tournament. Like I can feel yeah. 
I can feel how the whole motivation uh, builds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, definitely there's a lot more stuff um, coming up. Hopefully this whole thing didn't sound too, too self congratulatory. Um, but a thousand <laughs> members is, is quite a big deal. I mean, I, I yeah, again, I yeah really wasn't expecting us um, to get to this point uh, this quickly um, or, or even at all. I'm not sure I ever kind of really, really imagined it. Um, so that's been very cool. And um, we definitely still have a lot of stuff to improve. Um, in fact, I think our one of our next episodes is just going to be um, us reading the feedback and then that we've been receiving and and discussing it. Um, right. So another uh, another reason to throw some feedback in because you might uh, hear us talk about it on stream <laughs> sometime. Um, so that'll be uh, that'll be kind of fun. And I think next time we'll also kind of start maybe going through specific points and uh, and arguing about uh, certain certain details uh, about the program as well. Yeah, you know how I feel about self congratulation, Coast. Yes, so. But I feel like like it was uh, it was acceptable to say this was like reasonable reflection on the program. And it just, you know, was something that it's good to talk about and think about. And it motivates me to go, you know, and do more work on the program as far as like, you know, the, some of the upgrades we've talked about. So I'm OK with with what we did today. Cool. Great. OK, guys, that will do it for Dojo Talks. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Stop.